Good day, folks, and welcome to the first episode of the Theories and Talks podcast with your host, Nevada Murphy. That is me. Um, For this podcast, uh, as a general uh, overview of what's it about, we're talking about the Marvel Cinematic Universe and everything that goes down with that. Uh, I love the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and I love Marvel. I love superheroes. So I have a huge passion for this, and I'm excited to express my love even further for it, uh, and my express my interest in it and the lore and everything, and uh, talk about it, uh, every facet of what they come out with, what they're coming out, w- or what's in for the future, theories, and all that jazz. Um, for a little bit of experience, so you understand that I am a worthy candidate to talk about this stuff, I uh, have been watching Cinematic Universe for a very long time since the beginning in about 2008 when the first film came out iron man uh so yeah i've been in love with it ever since and i love talking about it theorizing about it and overall just uh thinking about it it's my favorite thing to do so for this very first episode we're going to start with their latest project ant-man and the wasp quantum mania uh just came out last friday Uh, i saw it opening night um and uh, i'm gonna break down some of the some of my thoughts about it and uh, give a review and give a final score about the movie. To begin, um, I think this movie, as a first general consensus, the critics for this movie were very, very, very harsh on it. Uh, the Rotten Tomatoes score will show it. Uh, here I have it pulled up. It's a 40, I think it's a 40, here let me pull it up real quick. Because I, I think it's a 48%, which I don't think is true at all. Just one second. Yeah, I, I, I think the 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 writ- critics are uh, very, um, are very harsh about this movie. I think this. I think that that score is very is super low for something like this. Uh, yeah, it's at a forty eight percent, a six point five on IMDb, and a forty eight on Metacritic. So these are not great scores, but my general thoughts of the movie is that that is very low, and it should be way higher. Um, I think the story is, uh, pretty well fleshed out. I think a lot of the, uh, gripe with it was that the writing wasn't great and that they were doing a lot and which is true. They are doing a lot. There was a lot going on. Some things didn't get nearly as enough focus as it should have gotten. Um, but I think that it, I will say that those, there are some merit to it. I, I look at these reviews and I'm thinking, um, I'm reading all these things and I'm like, yeah, that's pretty valid. A lot of it is pretty valid, but I think they're giving it way too much of a hard time. And this isn't bias. I don't go into these movies with any bias, uh, although I do love the the universe that they're building and the films. I'm going to be honest with every single one of them. Um, if I don't like it, I don't like it. So and this movie I actually did like. I think uh, it is far over hated for it. And like I said, this, the the writing for the movie has been uh, criticized quite a bit um, for it's uh, basically doing a lot. It does a lot. Um, but I think that adds to like the charm of the movie. And uh, it's kind of hard to explain how how that makes sense. <laughs> it's like it's 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 a lot, but it feels like it's going towards something like there's something coming after this and that is another gripe that comes with the movie is that this movie kind of feels like a 
Kang the Conqueror prequel instead of an Ant-Man film. So, which I do find is valid. So overall, the writing and the story of the of the movie is a little shaky at times, but I overall enjoyed it and thought it was pretty okay. I just left the theater thinking, all right, that's kind of how I thought about it. I think, and for the next topic, one of the biggest gripes is that the CGI and the VFX of the movie, um, which this movie is mainly CGI and VFX considering the circumstances of the movie and the setting of the movie. It's set in the quantum realm and there's no way to put that into real life. It has to be green screen. It has to be a big uh, TV, a big screen behind them that they use in films nowadays. Um, so yeah, it's hard to like conceptualize how to put it onto film when like what do you like what do you do right? Um, it's hard to uh, kind of visualize that and understand what the quantum realm would really look like without using outrageous amounts of green screen and VFX. So I think that's a big gripe with that. But my thoughts, I thought it looked good. I thought the entire time I didn't have any problems with it. There are a few scenes where it's a little shaky and it's kind of just like a big CGI and VFX blunder fest. But for throughout the most of the movie, I thought it looked great, uh, especially towards, uh, the, uh, towards the second act where Scott has to jump into the um, time chair powering uh, orb thing it's hard to describe what it is uh and that that looks amazing when he has to when he comes across a bunch of his uh variants or not his variants i guess it was a probability or a i forgot what it was called in the in the movie i'd have to look it up but uh basically a lot of scots show up i thought that looked great i thought all of them working together to uh lift him up looked super good um but towards the end with uh um the final battle and Scott where he's like super big and in the full suit, you can't see his face. It is kind of just like you're watching a cartoon or watching an animated movie, which I understand how people wouldn't like. Um, I think the biggest CGI uh, gripe with this movie, well, I think, yeah, yeah probably this is um, the introdu- the character MODOK. Uh, MODOK is heavily CGI because he is supposed to look heavy, heavily CGI. It's hard to even ma- imagine what they do to change the way his look, to change his look. A lot of people had a gripe with how he looked. They thought he looked like um, the teacher from Sharkboy and Lava Girl, which is funny. Um, but I think he looked great. Uh, Monarch is supposed to look stupid. Uh, in the comics, he looks very dumb. He's supposed to have a smushed up face and he's supposed to look ugly and hideous. And in the movie, I think they do that super well. Um, he does look really dumb and that's perfect. I think that looks great. Um, but yeah, uh, I think that's the main focus on the CGI. I think the the I think the characters of the movie are spectacular, but I don't think some of them don't get enough play. There is this character Quaz um, in the movie. He comes around the first act around, and he just doesn't get enough play in this movie. He doesn't get enough screen time. I think, like I like I said earlier, they are doing a lot in this movie, and I think that's one of the the problems that come with it is that someone like Quaz, who should get a lot of screen time and a lot of play in the movie, is not getting nearly enough. And I think that's a problem with that. Uh, Bill Murray's character, Lord Krylar, he, uh, he's in the movie for maybe five minutes and then he's gone. You never see him again. It's like, why would you even add him if he's just not going to be here at all? Um, the 
one of the second character in the title of the movie, The Wasp, doesn't nearly get enough play of this movie. She is kind of a secondary character. This is basically just an Ant-Man movie, and they just had to throw her name in the title. And I don't. I think they should have gave her more screen time and more, um, more focus in the story, rather than just Ant-Man. Um, I think this could have been all fixed with um, longer screen time. Because this movie's only two hours and five minutes, and I think people just don't get enough time in the movie, which they should. But Scott Lang, Paul Rudd, is super good in this movie. He's really he's funny at the times he needs to be funny. He's serious at the times he needs to be serious. And I find that really nice. Um, Catherine Newton, Cassandra Lang, or Cassie Lang, as um, she's called in the movie, she's super good. I think the writing kind of, she has, she she did what they told her to do. So I think some people will, will think like she's not that great of a character and that she was like not that great of an actor but I think she did what exactly what she was told to do and I think she did super well and I think she's a very compelling character and I'd like to see what happens with her next in uh, following films like the Young Avengers and King Dynasty and speaking of Kang Jonathan Majors he blows away his performance he is amazing in this movie he is scary he is intimidating he is something like you you I felt in the theater like I am scared of this guy. He is scary. He reminds me of uh Negan from The Walking Dead. He's just like he's so powerful and you are basically hopeless against him. He uh, he is so he's so just he is a force to be reckoned with in this movie and he will be going forth. Um I'm super excited for his uh, character development and what he has planned or what his what happens with him in Kang Dynasty and uh, maybe if he'll be in Avengers Secret Wars. I'm not sure what his role will be in that movie because it usually, uh, in the 2015 Secret Wars comic, it is Doctor Doom who uh, does a lot of the the villainous role in that movie. So I think they might be planning something with Jonathan Majors' Kang to kind of step into that role, become the Beyonder or whatever. But yeah, that's uh, that's uh, we'll have to see what happens with that. Um, the ending of the movie with, uh, for spoilers, uh, Kang does get beaten, uh, by Paul Rudd and he gets sucked into this, um, into the orb that I was mentioning earlier after they, uh, restored it. And, uh, we don't know what happens to him. We don't know his fate. So that's, uh, some foreshadowing for the future. Like this isn't the last we'll see of him. Um, he will be back soon enough. Um, so yeah, I'm excited to see what happens with him and, uh, what he has to plan next. I think the Avengers are, um, have a lot to do with, with Kang. Uh, Thanos, obviously in the previous Avengers movies was a big deal. He was very powerful and very hard to beat. And I think Kang is just that next step because he is just a different type of villain. He is not your brute force. You have to be that you have to hit a bunch of times to win. Um, you have to be smarter than Kang faster than Kang think ahead of Kang he is just he's a very interesting character to think about and uh, understand him like understand his motives and all that he's hard to understand and he's hard to beat and I'm excited to see what they do next but referring to his um, future obviously in the post credit scene if for anybody watching and doesn't want that to be spoiled um, as your warning uh in the first post credit scene we see 
the Kang Dynasty, which is a big arena with around, um, what is it, uh, a lot of Kangs, a lot of Kangs in an arena, uh, very, very uh, accurate to the comics with the Kang Dynasty story back in the 80s, 70s. Uh, there is a lot. The thing that makes Kang dangerous is that there is a lot of them. He is not just one guy. He is a multiverse of Kangs, and he is a he is not just one. He is a billion of them. He's an infinite amount of Kangs, and they're all in this arena, and they all come in. And the three main Kang, main Kangs, Amortis, uh, Pharaoh Ramatut, and we believe is Scarlet Centurion, um, are the main three who exiled Kang to begin this movie. And they are scared of Kang, and they are, uh, they theorize, or they don't theorize, they, they wonder, basically, it's hard, it's hard to describe almost, um, about, like, how, like, maybe the Avengers have a play in this. It's, it's, it's a, it's basically a post-credit scene to go for the future, uh, as most post-credit scene are. It's a hint towards what's next and a hint towards Avengers Kang Dynasty, which is the next Avengers film coming out around 2025 or 2026, I think it is. Um, so, yeah, that post-credit scene was a little bit harder to understand than the second post-credit scene, which uh, introduces Victor Timely. And Victor Timely is a, ver- is a Kang who goes back to the past and... Um, Basically, in the post-credit scene, he is showing this uh, te- this technology, which is um, used, which we believe, which I believe, is uh, the first form of maybe time travel or uh, multiversal travel of some sort, because it is a a very big machine and very odd-looking machine, as it would be for things back in the day when they first started to get built. Um, and he, uh, yeah, he's back. He has a nice hairdo. I, I love it. Um, he uh he's presenting to this crowd it's obviously uh around 1930 1920 around uh and in the crowd is loki and mobius from the loki tv show um as they obviously at the end of that show uh met with he who remains which is the kang at the end of time who is basically the nicest kang and uh he actually died at the hands of sylvie and they are we, we're not sure on the plot of Loki season two, so we can't understand what they're doing in this time and what they're doing with Victor Timely and what he's about. But we will see once Loki season two comes out this uh, summer. I think, it, I think it's the spring or the summer. So, yeah, I'm excited for that. Uh, that's going to be super fun to see. Again, just in general thoughts, I'm excited for the future. I'm excited for Kang. I'm excited for everything. I'm excited for the Avengers um, and this movie. And for this movie... Um, I thought it was good. I'd, uh, I think it gets overhated. I think it deserves a lot of love for what it does and uh, the world building and the, the characters that I mentioned that are really good. Um, yeah, it does have its flaws. It's not perfect. It's not the best MCU movie, but I don't think it's the worst. I liked it more than Love and Thunder, Thor Love and Thunder, that is. Um, and yeah, overall, I enjoyed it, and I think it's just all right. So uh, for my final score, I'm going to give it a 7.8 out of 10. When I left the theater, I gave it an 8, but I decided to give it a 7.8 here today. Uh, Maybe I'll see it again and change my score and let you guys know. But as of today, my final score for Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania is a 7.8 out of 10. Uh, Thank you guys for watching, and I'll see you guys soon.